This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. of Joy 94.9 with Sonia the Squeamer. Everybody's queer. McQuip. <laughs> there you go. Quivick. McQuivick. Randomness. Well controlled randomness. A ran raven. Raven. No. Raving. Ravingness.
randomness. We're now recording this. (laughs) (laughs) This is Sci-Fi and Squeam, Undead. It's the podcast you had to have when no other podcast would do. Editing just in time for Halloween. Just <laughs> Wow, well, yes, if I can get my shit together and edit in time, it will be out for <laughs> Halloween. Look, if you live in Melbourne or Nam, as it is called by the Indigenous people here, it, of course, is Halloween on the Monday, and then it's that, that horse race show yeah. on the Tuesday. So I expect there's going to be a lot of parties all weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you going to any, actually? Yeah, yeah. Hayden? I'm going to go. <laughs> You're going to go? Yeah. You've got, got a costume? Or? Yeah, I've got a costume. I don't know. It's quite a random costume. I don't know if you've ever seen it. There's this SNL skit with um, Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph where oh. they're, they're women on the game show showing the prizes and they run around oh. and they've got these funny voices like yeah. one of the prizes is luggage guy luggage. You'll be the talk of baggage slam. Oh, it's just it's hilarious. And me and so, my you, what are you going as? That we're gonna go with us oh, too. Me right. and my friend. Yeah, I like her checkout character. You're the target yeah. lady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. But you'd have to carry a, a checkout, I suppose, <laughs> yeah. for it to work. This is Sci-Fi and Scream Undead. We'll try again. Um, and I think we'll call this one spoiler alert. Everybody's queer. So, spoiler alert, everybody's queer comics with Hayden. Hayden Clem from, I'll get you to say it because I never get it. Oh, I should get it right these days. The Melbourne Queer Comic Book Club. You changed the name. Yeah, we made it a bit more rolling off the tongue. Sonia friendly. (laughs) Because you always called it the Comic Book Club, even though we were the group. But then we were kind of like, look, let's just call ourselves a club. Because it yeah. makes a bit more sense to people. People like that. Yeah. I mean, you're thinking of book group, aren't you? Yeah. Mexico book group with comics, comic yeah. club book group thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's hard to make a good acronym out of that. Whereas mm. this one, it's... It's... McQuip... There you go. So, um, yes, a Melbourne Queer Comic Book Club based here in uh, Down Under in, in Melbourne. Ma- what does yeah. Americans say? Melbourne. Yeah. Melbourne, Australia. Um, what is this all about? So we're a book club that meets monthly. Uh, we come together at Hairs and Hyenas, the queer book club in Fitzroy. We, our main focus is reading comics. <laughs> So we're yeah. yeah. So we're a queer comic book club, and we like to come together to read comics, specifically with queer characters or queer themes. Just last month, we did the X Men. It was our first queer subtext reading of any book. Previously, we've just had queer characters, um, and that was that was really good to mm. see other people's takes and things that they'd read into the X Men, certain characters and stuff like that. Mm. Well, sounds cool, but yeah. you know, X Men originally, I think Stanley didn't he? Yeah, uh, it was actually about the civil rights movement. Yeah, originally, yeah. but more about that yeah. later. Racial minorities, and yes, then yeah. it was more just kind of became a fan kind of mm. thing. Yeah. yeah, well, people project onto things. It's it, great. Yeah, that was one of the <laughs> our talking points. Yeah. Was like, you know, was it originally just a projection, and then as more writers wrote the X Men, that they introduce the queer subtext more and more was, and then you know we we specifically read Joss Whedon's run with the 
cure for mutants mm-hmm. and talked about that and you know that kind of name checks you know eliminating the gay gene and mm. yeah so it was very interesting we mm. linked something that emma frost says with something that rupaul said recently in that vulture wow vulture magazine yes, yes. yeah that interview and yeah that was quite that was cool it's amazing mm. <laughs> all right and so uh, this month for the october one what is the comic that you've chosen? So we're going to be reading Batwoman, which is it's an amazing book. The art will, I think, just blow a lot of people's minds. Mm. But Batwoman's a, a lesbian superhero, which is really cool. The book also very much focuses on her being, you know, a proud gay woman. Kind of tackles don't ask, don't tell. Mm. She won't. I don't know if this is getting into spoilers, but yeah, she gets found out and they're like, look, just uh, tell us that it was just, a th- you know, a once-off thing. And she was like, no, like, I'm gay, so I guess you're going to have to discharge me. Yeah, it was very topical at the time. I think that's uh, the beauty of many comics is they <coughs> reflect, I guess, what's going on in, in society. And mm. I remember I remember when those issues came out, it was very, um, well, not confronting, maybe for some, but it was... Um, pertinent for what was happening in the US mm. culturally over there so Cause it was definitely mm. happening as the ball was getting rolling on Don't Ask Don't Tell mm. being I think it was Obama who overturned it so a lot has happened uh, and we are of course by the time you listen to this podcast well uh, on the road to uh, the new elections, the election, oh, the not US. Go there. <laughs> okay, all right, but you know oh. it all ties in beautifully to the idea of superheroes to. Yeah. To understand, I guess, on that level, the American culture, especially for comics, it's always been political and it's always been about that fight that they are always constantly in. It's a constant dynamic, I think. I don't Mm. think the Civil War ever ended, but that's another story altogether. But comics just seem to be mirroring that. I mean, they're just Mm. part of the lifeblood of American culture, aren't they? Yeah. And like... I think especially... Marvel and DC. Marvel I mean, and DC. Fighting and each other. Coca-Cola, yeah. Pepsi. It's just the same. It's always, you know, what is it? Burger King and McDonald's and <laughs> all those kind of things. I know. Um, Terrible brands, yeah. aren't they? Awful. But um, you can't get Burger King here. No. Only at the airport. To You've got to go chance. to the airport. Yeah. <laughs> or somewhere. Maybe further out. But yeah. um, apart from, you know, eating... Stuff we shouldn't be talking about. <laughs> what do you think makes her uh, queer? Is she a queer character or is she a lesbian character? This is this is. You say, I've been is she reading not this both, book. Then? Yeah, I don't know. I've been reading Queer: A Graphic History by Meg John Barker, artwork by Julia Scheele, and it certainly got me thinking. What mm. is queerness? I would definitely say, especially in the book that we're reading, the way that mm. they play around with, um, you know. Lesbians, you know, conforming to either sort of, sort of a more feminine or a more masculine, and all being somewhere in the middle, and it it has a few different like gay character, lesbian characters, who are somewhere different along that spectrum. There's a um, female police officer who comes to a black tie event in black tie rather than mm. a dress, and yeah. It, it definitely, it doesn't uh, pull its punches with its queerness, I feel. Mm. It definitely is trying to make you go, all right, we've got like a lesbian character here, so she's going to have quite a few, you know, romantic entanglements. Mm. 
it kind of the book starts with her girlfriend being like, "Oh, you're like out every night, you know, Tom." I think she says Tom Catting. I don't know if that's a term or mm, not. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, she's actually yeah. out playing, well, not playing, but being mm. Batwoman rather than what her. Anyway, mm. yeah, and yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm going off on tangents. <laughs> no, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's the one you're doing. I know you've got it uh, for November. Yeah. Is it Monday the 7th? But it's your October. It's our October book, but we moved it because of the, the long weekend and yeah. Halloween. And, mm. Yeah. Yes, too much too much celebrating going yeah. on. Yeah, we didn't want to compete. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, other outstanding queer female characters are, and there's mm. no particular order here of superiority, but recently that's been in the news. Uh, for me, I mean... Discussed this off air, but America Chavez or Miss America, Young Avengers, of course. That story is pretty interesting, and uh, uh, she's going to be getting her own comic. Yeah. Yeah. I think the fans have definitely been crying out for it in a way. And I think it's going to be really cool to have, you know, a queer woman of colour leading her book and seeing where they take that. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. I got very excited. I loved her in. Young Avengers. I thought she was one of the standout. I'd not really read much of her previously to that, and I was just like, "Oh my god, who is this awesome new character yeah, that I've yeah. not heard um, of?" Just like kicking butt and taking mm. names and everything. It's it's interesting again. Again, the character mirrors, I guess, the story about what makes America. Mm. Um, America Chavez's story itself is her mother sacrifices their lives to save their home planet Utopia. Um, lots of messages there in code. Um, and, and very, like, Superman-esque. Yeah, yeah, and she has to leave because of there's a tumultuous uh, existence in Utopia as well um, and has to go to America to <laughs> to live. I think it has a lot of parallels to what Latinx, uh, Latina people, uh, Latin people experience mm. going to America. But, you know, there's also the argument that America is, of course, Latinx. It mm. is. It yeah. is. Yeah, the America is, <laughs> it is, you know. So it yeah, puts that into light. It's quite interesting. I think I read somewhere only very recently that she appears, uh, she appeared a long time ago, originally, 1943. Clearly, obviously not LGBTQ at that stage mm. and um, not necessarily um, Latinx either. But uh, this is the second Miss America. We're talking about more recent publication, 2011, uh, where, yeah, she's a teenager again, but of Latin American descent, uh, LGBTQ. And um, it's good to see seeing some familiar names in there for people who've written her character, including uh, Kieran Gillen, of mm. course, who, we, you know, of course, yeah. The Wicked we, and Divine. We, yeah, Wicked and Divine, um, which is... Very queer elements there, yeah. the Young Avengers series. But um, she's appeared in Ultimates by Al mm-hmm. Ewing and Kenneth Rockefeller. Um, so it was at the New York Comic Con. So you followed that, didn't you, some of the yeah. news? That it was announced that she will receive her, I couldn't believe it, first solo series, mm. uh, simply titled America for 2017. That's pretty Great, telling, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. Take that, Ronald Trump. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Did I say Ronald Trump? Did you? I'm thinking Ronald McDonald. <laughs> my God. Oh, anyway, take basically. that, you know. Yeah. Take that and put that where it doesn't shine. Really interesting. Are you mm-hmm. looking forward to it? Yeah, that's one of the like main books that I'm hanging out for for next year. Because mm. she's very uh, bang, bang. You yeah. Know, she's, she's very active. Like she's just... Crashing through walls and 
kicks butt. Kicks really. butt and just like. What's yeah. her? What's her? What are her powers? Do you know? I think it's just like flight and like super strength and mm. kind of invulnerability, sort of cool. like that <laughs> Superman esque, but not with like laser eyes or anything like that. I don't yeah. Think. Yeah. Down to earth, just grinds yeah. them into the dirt. Just like, Get those yeah. villains and, yeah, fuck with them. That's it. I like that. I like that. All right. Well, that looks really interesting. Um, looking forward to that. Uh, I believe too, um, there's talk of uh, her becoming a member of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, really? Mm. Oh. Well, that's just something I found on the internet where oh. it's drawn up. Yeah. That'd be but, cool. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Very patriotic, clearly, mm. for the new home. Mm-hmm. Or something going on there. Yeah, so that was announced at New York Comic Con. Did we get to talk about much about... I mean, you talked last time we had you chatting about San Diego Comic Con. And some yeah, of the, I think we came some on... Some the news there. But New York is always kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I feel New York always has a bit more comic-related. Comic? Yeah, yeah, rather than movies, than movies yeah. and TV mm. shows. Because um, I think there was more information about the Legend of... Cora, or was that at San Diego? I don't know. This year's flown by, mm. which I've been hanging out for. I recently rewatched all of that. And, oh, it's yeah, just the best. it was supposed to be this year. Yeah, Can but you... I think it got pushed out to next year. Next year, mm, yeah. Dear. Well, let's hope it does happen. Mm. Um, the other one was, of course, for fans of, I guess, America Chavez. They'll be pleased to know, and the Young Avenger series that uh, someone else um, is getting. Her own solo series. Mm. Kate Bishop, Young Avenger, herself, um, Hawkeye. Mm. Amazing. Well, yeah, I. She was a big part of the Hawkeye run by Matt Fraction, and mm. she kind of. You know, it was mostly based in New York, but there was this point where I think she went to like LA or something. And she's very, that was very one of the most interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Beverly was, Hills 902, yeah, isn't it? And then sort of that Veronica Mars noir it's kind it's of. Someone said to me, yes, it's the Veronica Mars of, of comics. Mm, she's that kind of like, yeah. Sassy and. Gumshoe, yeah. yeah. Private eye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the illustrations we were talking about that, the person doing the mm. art, who is the person? Well, Kelly Thompson is the person who's going to be the new. Um, person writing for it. Uh, Julian Leonardo Tatino. Romero. Oh, yes. First yeah. issue, design work, Leonardo Romero, and Julian Totino Tedesco. Hmm. So, making their debut, apparently. Uh, it looks very, uh, were you saying Veronica, uh, the way she's winking, I'm yeah. sure Veronica from Archie used to wink like yeah, that. Yeah, I that definitely cover. think that that's a play on... That whole kind of Veronica... Lifting up his sunglasses and doing yeah. the wink and the smirk. It's like, I know something you don't. Mm, that, like, dimple. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very cute. Um, I think, obviously, they're trying to go for a, perhaps a younger audience. Mm. Uh, perhaps female audience, maybe. Yeah. Female identifying girl audience. Yeah. Hmm. So, we've got a woman behind that, Kelly Thompson. I don't yeah. know much about that. Oh, she did Gem in the Holograms. Oh, yeah, that's been a Power recent... Power Rangers and yeah. A-Force. A-Force, yes, mm. I've been reading that. That's yeah. great. Is that great? Yeah. Okay. So, interesting. Yes, here we go. The Veronica Mars was superheroes. Oh, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We called it. <laughs> Archer. Yeah. Point, what is it? On point, we could say. So, yeah, no, that would be... Um, well, she did Misfits as well. Oh, there you go. Oh, like... Oh, a TV cool. show or? No, I believe there was a comic. There was a graphic oh. 
novel. Yeah. Oh, not yeah. graphic novel, graphic work. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, there we are. Right. Actually, it's December, apparently. This December, the oh, comic great. comes out. There we well, go. there's that in December this year, there's also that Orlando comic coming out. The, oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Which looks like it's going to be pretty amazing. I saw mm. some um, review art, just like very, you know, simple, but very moving. And mm. we're very excited about it. I think we'll do it for our book in January. Yeah, you should. Just, and yeah. Like, that sounds like a good idea. I think that was a... Yeah, yeah it touched a lot of it, it touched a nerve. Yeah, sure did. It's hard to believe. It's been quite a year. Yeah. Um, for the community being really, yeah, globally. But mm. um, I'm looking at some queer comic characters. Have you got any... I was thinking Maggie Sawyer. I know we've spoken about it before. Mm. But it's an interesting sort of ex- experience that she does have, uh, of course. Yeah, being a cop pretty much, isn't she? She's a cop. Yep. She comes to the realisation she's married in a hetero, uh, heterosexual relationship, that she is a lesbian and um, part of the Superman-verse as well. Yeah. Is that that? Yeah, the DC universe. Yeah, DC. Yeah. Can't all be Marvel. Um, yeah, and then there's a crossover thing with their Renee Montoya. And, uh, oh, yeah, Renee. I do like Renee. Mm, mm. Yeah, she's probably... It's always these amazing... Cops. Hot police. Cops. Lesbian cops. What is it with... Women in uniform. Yeah. Anyway, we shouldn't really talk about that. <laughs> Do you have any others there that um, is there any news about any upcoming ones or well, there of interest? They announced the Iceman series as one mm-hmm. of the few X Men comics that's going to be relaunched after this some big event. I don't know. I'm not, I can't keep track anymore. There's so many events. <laughs> I just want to read my queer my queer comics, and I'm happy. But yeah, that'll be great because just uh, I can't remember. I think it was last year. There was the whole thing where Iceman was revealed to be gay. Mm. It was a very comic situation where his younger self had been brought to the future and basically the one in the normal timeline had been closeted the whole time. He couldn't deal with the fact of being a mutant and gay, kind of dealing mm. a little bit with, I guess, intersectionality. And yeah, he's going to be leading his own title, which is pretty exciting and hopefully delving into his sexuality a bit more maybe you'll mm. have a boyfriend let's not just have a wife yeah like why will the t-shirt will, there yeah you know let's do it do it right Come lgbt on. representation um matter and those characters matter yeah mm. and then i guess with wonder woman there's been a lot of of course the bisexual yeah, which is like woman. it's kind of like yeah duh she was living on a on an island with why women the whole yeah. though? i don't, I don't understand that well, oh because she does have a relationship with yeah. one but it was kind of explained that, you know, she lives on Themyscira, which is kind mm. of a utopian society, so their sexuality isn't an issue, I guess. Mm. It's just it's just you love who you love. It's not like... Yeah, yeah it was that the lead actress, she was looked up, seemed a bit puzzled. Not puzzled, but wasn't, you know, sort of shrugged her shoulders and was like, in interviews I've watched, uh, Gail Garot, um, mm. and was like... Yeah, oh well, you know. Mm. It's not happening in the film, though. No. I think there'll be a lot of, like, homoeroticism with the... Have you seen Robin Wright in her, like, gladiator outfit? No. (laughs) No, I don't think I have. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's good. Okay. No, I like the... I love the secretary who, in the trailer, she goes... um, She says to her, so what do you do? Wonder Woman says to her, what do you do? And uh, the secretary goes to her, oh, well, I... um, pretty much run around after 
him, you know, and do this, whatever yeah, that And I do like. whatever yeah. he tells me to do. Yeah. Yeah. She goes, oh, I come from that slavery. Yeah. Like, oh, I like this woman. <laughs> I like this woman a lot. Yeah, so that's um, out next year, the film. Uh, speaking of crossovers into, into cinema. And, yeah, there's a lot being said about sexuality there. So, um, we'll see. Hmm. Uh, I guess it leaves it open for a lot of fanfic, certainly. Yeah. People already started, but who knows how many do-it-yourself videos will be made about that <laughs> afterwards. But look, um, we had the marvellous uh, Andy, Andy Hawken mm-hmm. from Behind, the, Behind mask. the Mask. Yeah, yes, we must right. get him back on sometime. He, um, he's been going oh, he's been going crazy in a good way. He's, uh, <laughs> he's been tagging me and sending me articles about all sorts of things, including one that was in blacknerdsproblems.com. Which is a great site, actually. An article by Lauren Bollock. It's uh, five queer um, AF comics. I'm not sure what AF is. Uh, starring black oh, and brown women. As, as fuck. Uh, queer as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, duh, I thought Sonia. it must be like a... Oh, yeah, God, Sonia. Yeah. God, my God. Uh, yeah, and pretty much between the mix of racism and misogyny and queer phobia that's served up with inter- intersecting identities like some kind of twisted jackpot, they say. The struggle to find other people like you and then the possibility of being able to just take a break with some comics without the intrusion of heteronormativity, male gaze and whiteness. Does that ever happen? Um, It's good to see that there are some other things out there and some alternatives and other, um, yeah, interesting characters coming through. So, And what is the blackest? Well, there seems to be quite a few ones that are certainly mixed or intersectional. Uh, we've got Agents of the Realm, writer-artist mm, Mildred looks Louise. This looks great. Mm. I was really impressed by the artwork. It's very, I hate saying it, but professionally. looks yeah. um, very accessible, mainstream-looking. Yeah. Great artwork, you know. Good yeah, colors, I think good, so- strong, bold colours. Mm. Sometimes mm. when you like recommend web comics to people, you know, it's generally somebody's first foray into the medium, so... Mm. It's not as polished as what you would get in a book, so that can always be a bit. Uh, I think some people do find it a bit of a barrier. Yeah, like when, yeah. It, I guess it's not the draw card. It, it's not important. I know yeah, it shouldn't but, be like that. It's not important, but it is mm. if you want to. I guess if you want people to read these comics, if there are people that read comics like superhero comics, yeah. for example, I guess there's certain guidelines, yeah. certain tropes and certain types of you know, ways of doing it yeah. stylistically that would help yeah. to get that message but out. Even sometimes the, the art in superhero comics can be terrible. Oh, God, yes. Oh. Just freaking revolting. Yeah. But look, Agents of the Realm looks fascinating. She looked that up online. So if you're looking for something rainbow, queer, woman of colour, uh, living with magical powers that can do all sorts of things. That is great. That's probably the one for you. There's uh, characters like Nora, Adele, Kendall, Paige and Jordan. So they navigate the complexities of college. So they're at college age and discover that they have more strength than they've ever imagined. Apparently they get um, transformed into something after uh, something goes terribly wrong. Very classic. Um, yeah. Yes. No Sci-fi f- fantasy. Yes, yeah, yeah. No fragile wands here, so... I think, yeah, they discover a new dimension as well or something. So I think there's just one volume out, but it is online, so it's mm. a web comic. I don't know if it's printed at all anywhere. Uh, so And they update that. That's the other thing, too, that's good about web stuff. Yeah. Uh, every Tuesday, updates twice a week. That's amazing. Yeah. Probably one or two panels, I think. I don't think it's like... It's not like a whole book. A whole yeah, book. Yeah. Tuesdays and Thursdays. There you go. 
brilliant. Sounds good. Another one was the same one um, that looks interesting, and we've talked about this writer before, Katie O'Neill, Princess Princess. Yeah. Um, it's not a. Uh, yeah. It's it's looks at we're breaking out of some of those gender sort of roles and gender normative ideas. Beautifully illustrated, very accessible, and. I think it would be a great one for kids. It's mm. got that look about it. You know the one I mean. Yeah, yeah. Princess in the Tower and stuff like that. It's kind of um, got that very sort of there's know, other ones frozen there kind of idea where it's like subvert- subversive. and Yeah, yeah it's really cute. Mm. Uh, so I would go to, to find that list, blacknerdproblems.com. We'll put that on the Facebook page. I've always felt that, you know, it doesn't matter who you fall in love with. Basic human rights should apply to all people, including gay people. Hi, I'm Emma Caulfield. And I'm Amber Benson. And you're listening to Sci-Fi and Scream on Joy Some of the things that are happening in news and local and abroad. Right here in Melbourne. Right here in Melbourne. We're really excited. It was announced on the 22nd of October, so not long ago, and that's Women in Comics Festival in Melbourne Town. That's amazing. Mm. Are you excited? Yeah, yeah. Organised by the women's group. Uh, It's the All-Star Women's Comic Book Club. Yeah. You go. There's a book club book thing. Book club. Yeah. <laughs> and also, the festival runs over two enormous days, the 10th and 11th of December, at All Star Comics in Melbourne. So, yay! Women from all across Australia and the world too. You know, it mm. could happen. Uh, well, some of the um, certainly some of the guests are from overseas. Yeah. Uh, we'll be selling their comics. Zines are welcome, of course. Uh, there'll be crafts, there'll be a creator's market, and um, they're having some Q&As of some of the industry's best. Hope Larson, mm. it's very exciting. Very, Batgirl. Yeah. I mean, Batgirl's, Batgirl's the, the main Probably, one that I... You know, no one gets excited about. Yeah. So, yes, hopefully we'll have an interview with uh, with her. Uh, Savannah Ganoushe, which I'm terrible at. Ganoushe. Yeah. Ganoushe. 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 Uh, Lumberjanes. Lumberjanes. That's one of the ones that you've done before. Yeah, we've done Lumberjanes. That's like such a fun book. Just, I don't know, it just has fun with the queerness that it explores and just the fact that, yeah, again, yeah, it's just a fun book and we really enjoyed it. Not not much text to it, but yeah, it's good. Cool. And uh, so, yeah, so having a Q&A, that looks exciting. Saturday and Sunday's going to be busy. There's going to be cosplay as well, drawing classes. And it's all thanks to ACMI or ACME and Swinburne University of Technology wow. uh, who are supporting the festival. So people are welcome to go along. I don't know if there's a cover charge or anything. Not sure yet, but I'm sure... More details. Too, more details will come. But you can actually go to the ACMI site and they're having some panels there as well okay. that coincides with what's going on that weekend. So yep. looking at women in comics and representation, I think Nicholas Scott's going to be there and oh, a few other great. fascinating people. I remember when mm. we did... Oz Comic Con. She was on this panel oh, yeah. with other Australian artists who'd made it big in the US. It's yeah. kind of like the, and it was all other guys, and she was kind of the biggest name on the panel, and she had the most uh, input. It was just great to watch her. Watch her in action. Yeah. Well, she's going to be at the ACMI, so yeah. look that out. We'll put <clears throat> look out for that. We'll put that on the Facebook page too. Other news. Um, a few days ago, it was reported on. You know, as far as Netflix goes, 
Um, at the end of 2015, one of the biggest, I would say, one of the biggest shows Netflix has done, uh, Jessica Jones, was yeah. launched onto the world. And a show that was determined to tell female stories. And now, um, very uncompromisingly as well, and now uh, it looks it's going to get even better. It's going to have, well, I believe, well, they're going to push for it, that um, 13 episodes will be made by or directed by women only. Which is great. Yeah, it just, I don't know, it brings a smile to my face, as you can see right now. So <laughs> yeah. But I think that's one of the best Marvel adaptations and them bringing one of their characters mm. to the screen, it, like including movies and everything. I think just what they did with Jessica Jones was so... Revolutionary. Yeah, like, yeah. just like... Uh, and the, the, the other characters, their kind of mm. plots and their storylines... It was just the most, in, yeah, I think engaging of the... I could definitely sit down and watch it again. Yeah, I could watch it again. You know, at first I was a bit sceptical about the whole Netflix thing. Yeah. And then when I heard they were doing Jessica Jones and I started to hear the reports coming through and I was like crazy as hell because I didn't have Netflix. But um, I finally got it and... Uh, I just binged it. Yeah. I binged the whole yeah, thing. Same. I just was like, I, I can't believe they can make this. Yeah. It was so... Just and where they went. The and reality of it. You yeah, know? They, it's superhero stuff, but it's so realistic. Yeah. Because it talks about post-traumatic stress disorder yeah. and, of course... Abusive being, relationships. Yeah, all and, of that. Yeah. Uh, rape. Um, looks at all of those things under a microscope. And, yeah, very, very empowering, actually. So, this is interesting. So, uh, showrunner of Jessica Jones, Melissa Rosenberg, uh, at her Transform Hollywood panel, which was an amazing panel. I wish I had been at, um, but it's in Hollywood. Um, <laughs> can't get there this weekend. Uh, the decision was made and announced it then, and it's to give opportunities and a step up, of course, uh, for women filmmakers, because we still don't have that. As their counterparts still don't get a lot of those big um, title films, but in this case, Netflix I think are doing a great, uh, great thing by um, uh, yeah having that door open up. Yeah, and and this is a good opportunity it's for sure. I think they're trying to do it more and more. Like the Wonder Woman, like I know it's separate companies, but mm. the Wonder Woman film directed by Patty Jenkins, I think. It yeah, was. that's right. And the director that they're wanting to get for Captain Marvel, which is going to be Marvel's first female-led superhero movie, they, they're they saying we're only going to get a female director. Like, mm, Do we know yet? No, no. Like, apparently later this year we'll find out. <laughs> How are you going to give a lot of people? Mm. Who would I? Who would you want? If you had a female director there, Hayden, putting you on the spot, but <sighs> like, who comes to mind? Who would you choose? They don't have to be a big name. Yeah. Maybe you think. Well, I think because um, Captain Marvel has her roots in like the Air Force and that very like, mm. military. Maybe Catherine Bigelow. Yeah. I wonder if they could she's get. She's never her. done a. She's done. Yeah, obviously. Um, she did Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah, yeah and the other one. Um, so, uh, <laughs> War ones. Hurt Locker. <laughs> Hurt Locker, Hurt Locker yeah. yeah. Of course, um, she did uh, Near Dark. Yeah, she won for Hurt Locker, didn't she? Best director. Yeah, she got best director. Yeah. Um, but I saw her in a movie, a feminist film, 
just during the Melbourne International Film Festival mm. and she was one of the people in that and that was made in the 80s incredible wow. oh yes yeah, she did um, Point Break I love Point Break Oh, uh, Strange that. Days, which was a great sci-fi film back from the 90s. Near Dark, yes, that's yeah. right. 1987, a spaghetti vampire western, pretty much. Uh, the Widowmaker, and it's, yeah, she won the best um, for The Hurt Locker in 2009, best director, best picture. But her career spans back, through photography, that's her background, I believe. First and oh. Born in Flames, that's right. It was the first and last time that she acted, because she was terrible. <laughs> Let's face it, she was terrible, and I've spoken about this on Broad which is on Monday nights at 9 p.m. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. And actually quite scary because it's kind of a feminist, very low budget, of course. Yeah, it sounds um, very ambitious, film. but it sounds very... But basically, yeah. it's, it preempts the Twin Towers um, terrorist attack. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh, and everyone yeah. was sitting there yeah. and watching it at the end going, oh, my God. Like, this was made fucking in the 80s. feminists. <laughs> Look, it's almost hard to watch. Seriously, mm. Hayden. It's like the like camera is jumpy. The quality, it's VHS, so the quality is terrible. Uh. And you really think this is just, they're just ranting. A lot of them are just ranting. Yep. Um, Angry feminists. That's right. <laughs> With and air quotes there. <laughs> if the inner quotes, if you can't see the air quotes or inner quotes. Um, but really interesting, the people that are involved in that. And she mm. was one of them. Mm. And she's just, you wouldn't spot her. You were just like trying to act because she was just terrible. <laughs> but anyway, but Catherine Bigelow, yes, yeah, she could pull off action. Definitely pull off an action. Uh, Maybe Jodie Foster. Yeah, she's We're, we're probably, going very big here, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, Who would you want? Oh, I was thinking Jane Campion. I know oh. it's weird. Top of the Lake. I watched that recently. How weird was that? Well, oh, not weird, but, how, but oh. she's just not suitable for the genre. Maybe no. that would be good. That would, yeah. Either that or the Soska Twins, because it would be bloody and violent. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, they did American uh, Mary. Um, they do something called Halivator, which is really <laughs> awesome. And you should watch that. They're Canadian. They're twins. Mm. And, um, yeah, they're, they're pretty amazing. That would be very interesting to see. Mm. Um, I, I know Marvel originally caught it. Um, they tried to get Ava uh, Devonay Devonay for Black Panther, but she was like, "So that's not happening." No, that's not. They've got the director who directed Creed doing okay. Black Panther. Right. They've got they've got some amazing directors at the moment. Like, um, I can never, I oh. never want to attempt it. But if it was directing Thor three. Oh, Taika Waititi. Yeah, yes. Taika Waititi. He's just wrapped it. Everybody, yeah. it's just wrapped. Um, they had a Welcome to Country. They had a... a that was amazing when yeah, I saw that. Amazing yeah, amazing what they did there. And also pro um, getting Indigenous people involved um, in the production of that. And it's, you know, it's pretty amazing. So it's it wrapped today, apparently, mm-hmm. on the Gold Coast. Hello. Hello. You are listening to Joy FM, providing joy to all of you. There we go. Right. Go for it. Okay. Kia ora. This is Taika Waititi, and you are listening to Sci-Fi and Squeam on Joy 94. Is there a dot in there? Yes, Just point. 94.9. 94.9. Kia ora. This is Taika Waititi. Stuntman, actor, director, Lover, friend, 
confidant, shoulder to cry on. You're listening to Sci-Fi and Squeam on Joy 94.9 FM, not AM. He's like Hunt for the Wilder People and mm. oh, what's it? What We Do in the Shadows. What We Do in the Shadows is going to, you know, you heard that it's going to have a spin-off TV show. Yes. <laughs> Great. It's going to be like The X-Files, but set in Wellington, oh. <laughs> New Zealand. Oh it was God. such a like odd <laughs> film, but it was so fun because you just... It was so B-grade. Yeah. Like, it was so... Or V-grade for yeah. Vampire. <laughs> Oh, we're not. Uh, what are we? Werewolves, not swearwolves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. No, so it's from the two cops. Uh, the, the new series, which I think is going to Netflix, I think it's going to be about two the two cops that show up in the film. Oh yeah, it's about them because they're like these. They're the cops that investigate unusual things that happen, mm. and I think it'll be hilarious. Because well, they were bungling idiots, let's yeah. face it. <laughs> oh, oh, I love that. Yeah, he's he's such a talent. I'm looking forward to four. I just hope it's not going to be just like, yeah. Yeah, I really hope that he gets to do it how he wants to. Kind yeah, of thing. Like yeah. Not, yeah. Hopefully they don't cut it up too much. So, yeah, so Jessica Jones, all female, we believe, we hope. That's what we started talking about. <laughs> started talking about. <laughs> uh, let's, yeah, let's certainly... Keep an eye on that one. Um, and speaking of uh, Ava DuVernay, um, she's one of the ones that they're looking at, whether or not. That would be great. Mm. She could be doing one of them. See, they could spread it out. If they get 13 episodes, yeah. they could have 13 directors. That would be great. Who mm. could be, you know, um, included in that. So anything could happen. Yes. Hopefully will. Yeah. More news. Well, it's like great stuff that's going on at the moment. Yeah. Um, well, not so great, sorry. A Marvel's new Riri Williams, the cover, upset a lot of fans because of the sexualization and skin lightening of the character. I don't know much about um, this particular Invincible Iron Man series. What do you know about it and, and what do you know about Riri Williams? I don't know. I haven't been reading it. I've been hearing that it's good. Basically, she's a prodigy who's taken mm-hmm. over the mantle of Iron Man. Um, Marvel's doing a lot of that at the moment with just, you know, kind of passing the torch to other characters. With Minor four. characters building on them. Yeah, cool. yeah. And she's supposed to be yeah, a prodigy, the new Iron Man, mm. very much like a, yeah, well, apparently many people f- did feel that uh, it went it, quite viral in the Twitterverse that they felt it was an answer to the lack of diversity in the comics having that character, pay- paying homage to hashtag black girl magic. But um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, two Wednesdays ago, I believe, the cover drawn by artist J. Scott Campbell for the first edition of Invincible Iron Man drew a lot of anger from a lot of people yeah. and upset them because of the over-sexualized drawing of Riri and uh, when confronted about this uh, Campbell the artist became very defensive and said he didn't have time to deal with social justice warriors and that's usually mansplaining for women complaining Black Girl Nerds reported that and they actually went further Black Girl Nerds is a great site, check them out 
they really do make an effort to in, be inclusive and intersectional and talk about race and all those things that are important in comics and pop culture. But they took them to task and said, as they confronted Campbell about the artwork on Twitter, they said, after he claimed the photo was no different from the one he was given to work from. So there's two different photos. We'll put those up on the Facebook page. There's one issue where Riri does look um, spawned from... Well, she looks very light-skinned and very busty for a 15-year-old. Very busty. Um, with a crop sort of top. I don't know yeah, if you've seen Yeah, she wears it. like a top with a midriff. Yeah, but. and uh, midriff, that's right. And um, the second one, she looks even more mature in a way, but darker skin, so I don't know what's going on there. And they confronted Campbell, um, and he just says, you know... You know, people need to get over it, basically. <laughs> Just get over it. Go take your SJW, you know, your social justice war somewhere else. You know, artistic license, he claimed. And that there are 15-year-old girls that look like that. Well, uh, yes, 15, not and, sure about that. But yeah. it's pretty hyper. It's pretty hyper-sexualized, personally. Mm. She doesn't really look like a 15-year-old girl. No, because when you're like, oh, that, that character's 15, you're like, oh. No, probably, probably twenty-five. Yeah, like you kind of like that's not what. Yeah, you should you shouldn't be. Yeah, the kind of you know representation. Yeah, yeah. the the gaze that you're seeing on that picture Mm. is makes you feel a bit uncomfortable when you're like that character is fifteen. It's just like yeah, we probably shouldn't be presenting her like Mm. that. Yeah, yeah, probably. And more bad news. Chelsea Kane, the writer of Marvel's recently concluded Mockingbird series, has deleted or left Twitter. She's deleted her account, citing uh, multiple instances of online harassment, bullied and sexual harassment online. Um, It's just no go. Mm -hmm. It comes in the wake of the Mockingbird series, the eighth issue, I believe. Yeah. Very female-driven, and it's a call for more of that at Marvel. The Twitter posts have been taken down because they were too awful. She has reflected on it and said, basically, I mean, this is a woman that writes best-selling, New York Times best-selling novels. You know, I don't know her work, but she does these sort of thriller types of book series and um, genre. And she says in all these years that she's done that, she has never been harassed. Yet when she did a comic Mm. with a female character, a strong female character, she gets harassed by men. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. So there's a new hashtag, which is stand, hashtag stand with Chelsea Kane. I think, did you see the, the Mockingbird cover? Yeah. The original artwork inspired by the uh, Ask Me About My Feminist Agenda. Yeah. So that's that's what they really went off on. I mean, it's, seriously. Yeah. Horrible. I don't know. Twitter seems to be not a safe place. When you think about, no. especially like yeah. the one that comes to mind is Leslie Jones. Oh, yeah. That was awful. I like, was people, just like, what are you doing seriously? to her? And it does do harm, you know. The old thing of sticks and stones. It's a lot of shit. I mean, sticks and stones do hurt and so do words and, and particularly when it's online and millions of people are seeing that the influence and impact that has on people is we don't know twitter's still young we don't know what effects this is going to have and when young people are looking at those uh those sorts of tweets and they're probably maybe even done by young people i don't know it's just not it's just not going to be very helpful um 
and it can lead to God knows what sort of discrimination. Mm-hmm. And so there's just not enough women in the comics making industries. It is. So losing Kane uh, to this, um, Chelsea Kane to this, is just really, yeah, it's not good form. The comics industry needs to, in my personal opinion, needs to um, just start making it seen and letting people know that it's not good mm. to harass people and start to get more women into into that industry. Some sort of action needs to be taken, I think, to combat the misogyny that's there. Clearly, there is a problem. Yeah. I would say so. I've been doing a lot of talking. No, I just remember when the um, women's group or women's comic book club launched. Mm. There was a lot of backlash. There was like very minor backlash when we launched. Mm. Um, But and I think they still sort of get it. Like uh, it's just ridiculous. It's just. You know, men's why do you rights want activists. To, yeah, why do you want to be yeah, MRAs? Why do you want to be um, separate? Because we need to be right now. Yeah, yeah, because we need that place, that safe yeah. place, and that ability to express safely. Because we're not allowed to express no. mainstream. We're not allowed the numbers to express and dominate. We don't dominate that no. culture. The whole world is like a men's book club, basically. <laughs> um, if only they could read. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Yeah, so... I, Brian Michael Bendis did the new Avengers. Um, I know that they're friends, apparently, her and um, her and him. But even he has said some stuff, was like, which was misconstrued, apparently. He said something like, oh, it's just comics. That didn't help. That was yeah. on Twitter. And then he said, oh, they've you know, misunderstood. Maybe so, but people just... I guess... To be fair, you know, I know that they are, they do get a lot of attention and everything. Uh, people like Brian Michael Bendis and so on, and all yeah. these people, Greg Rocker and so on. But, you know, with that attention comes a, gra- a lot of responsibility. And surely just just be careful. Yeah, I think what I say? get what he was meaning mm. is like, you guys need to chill down because it's just a comic. Yeah. Um, Don't tell people to chill down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. They're reacting about a comic. How are they reacting about things that happen like this in the normal world, I guess? Yeah, yeah. it happens everywhere. Yeah. Is that right? 94.9? Yeah. That's it, yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks. No worries. Oh, your name. Oh. oh sorry. <laughs> you know there was something we forgot. Um, my name's Xavier Samuel. You're listening to Sci-Fi and Squeam on Joy 94.9. Perfect. You done radio before? Um, did I have a radio voice then when I wow, said those things? that's good. Do it again. Hi, I'm Xavier Samuel. <laughs> I think maybe I've got to work on my radio voice. I don't know. I love it. It's great. <laughs> Thanks so much for talking to us on Sci-Fi and Scream. Thank Cheers. you. Uh, also, uh, again, the wonderful Andy did send me a link today that apparently Mockingbird's a top, Mockingbird tops. Amazon's <laughs> sorry, it sounds wrong. Mockingbird's topping. Yes, Mockingbird is topping, topping or bottoming. Um, <laughs> Mockingbird tops. Um, this is so badly written. Amazon's <laughs> list of best-selling Marvel graphic novels. Oh my god! And that was uh, today. It was a few hours ago, thirteen hours ago, mm. or longer by the time this podcast is done. But um, oh, is it a coincidence? I would definitely say that the news of what's been going on with Chelsea mm. Kane has definitely brought. Some interest to the book. Yeah, maybe fans of hers that have read her books and gone, ah, oh, she, hopefully she's she's writing a comic. That sounds cool. Um, mm. Unfortunately, it's over now. But <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, that interest 
shows them that mm. there's a bit of crossover appeal. It's been cancelled though as well, mm. issue number eight. But there you go, shot to the top of Amazon's list of best-selling Marvel graphic novels. So women can make money. Yeah. For men. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, women can make money. It needs to happen. So yeah, just some of the bad news in the world that is interesting news too and brings and highlights some of the some of the discrimination and some of the conversations that we do need to have and to talk about. I think if we all like comics and we all want to get the most and enjoy awesome comics and, and all the spin-offs and movies and TV shows or whatever, we need to have that diversity. Mm. Diverse. You know, it's just going to make better stories. Yeah. That's what I always say. You Sorry. need diverse. No, no, no. No, but like yeah. you need diverse storytellers to get good diverse stories. You can't mm. just always have a white straight cis guy talking to himself in the mirror. Yeah, like pretty much creating these characters and writing yeah. these characters because it's not going to be as authentic as it can be, I mm. think. Yeah. Exactly. Before you get off the line, mm. you don't get Mitch, all of you, you uh, we want your triple names. You got to yes, tell us. I know, part of this the is hard. I know mine. I oh, know mine. Mitch. What's <laughs> you know yours? Mitch, Mitch, you got yours? Uh, I'm Catch It Tribble. Who? Catch It Tribble. Catch It Tribble, because I like Pokemon, so i got to catch them all. Catch It Tribble. I like that. I like that. That was Mitch. Mitch is Catch It Tribble. I like that. That's cool. Marvel Tribble. Marvel Tribble? Have you got a Marvel Tribble yet? No, we don't have a Marvel. I do love Marvel. I'm all about Marvel. I'm not a DC fan. It's all Marvel for me. But you're wearing a DC t-shirt. Well, it's because it's a t-shirt. <laughs> I'm an equal opportunity t-shirt person, you know? Alright, so you want to be Marvel Tribble? Marvel Tribble, bring it. Marvel oh. Tribble. But she did blow you up right there, she did. Yeah, she did put you on blast, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 street, Sonya. Hi, it's my deck. turn. Horror Tribble. <laughs> Horror Tribble. I think you should be Undead Tribble. Undead or Undead Tribble's cool. Yeah. We, we actually added Undead. Oh, oh, damn it. Oh. Yeah. Good suggestion, though. Okay, Horror yeah, Mistress. Horror Tribble? Horror Mistress Tribble. Hey. hey. Horror <laughs> Mistress. Yeah. Now, doesn't that get into the evil yeah. women and everything? What's that put in your head? I don't want to know. <laughs> Dominatrix. Yeah, I want to see, see, see Horror Mistress Tribble doing some cosplay. <laughs> yes, that's true. I think we can organize something. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Whatever you and to finish off, I think, for the news anyway, our pioneering black female comic shop owner gets her own Marvel cover with Riri Williams of Invincible Iron Man. There you go. Um, that's amazing. And that's yeah. uh, the wonderful Ariel Johnson who is a groundbreaker. She really is. She's running the very first comic book shop owner uh, owned by uh, a woman of colour. Um, she's the founder and president of Amalgam Comics and Coffee House in Philadelphia. It's just fabulous. And now appears on a variant cover of Invincible Iron Man number one. Uh, it's amazing. With Riri Williams. Mm. Um, yeah, so if becoming the first black female comic book store owner of the East Coast in Philadelphia wasn't enough to make her 2016 one of, you know, one of the great people to look at and to appreciate, so this certainly will um, make that so, I think. So, yes, uh, when I first heard the story about Ariel Johnson and the Amalgam Coffee, you know, coffee shop, bookshop i was really excited to mm. know that there was a woman of color running that and i was like i want to go there. <laughs> she's just she's just a powerhouse like you know great celebration of geek culture and diversity and intersectionality but also it just looks like a really great place to go yeah if you're it a comic book fan or really a gamer cool. or a movie addict 
I noticed that they have movie evenings, they have games, mm. evenings, video games too, and comic book group meetings like oh. like you guys do, yeah. you know? Yeah. There you go. And it looks like All Star, except All Star don't have a coffee machine. Get on that, Mitch. Hello, Mitch. <laughs> We've got some ideas for you. Um, look, it's a safe haven for all geekdom and... Uh, there's everything there, not just coffee, baked goods. They make oh. cupcakes too. Um, the only thing is it's closed on Mondays if you live that oh, way. Okay. But uh, if you are in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, you head to 2578 Frankfurt Avenue, Philadelphia, and you can find the wonderful Amalgam Comics and Coffee House, and hopefully you will be uh, able to meet Ariel Johnson, the amazing woman who has uh, set that up with her great team. Amazing. Including Randy. Hi, Randy. <laughs> now, the Black Tribbles have had uh, some of their podcast uh, nights there, too. Oh, cool. So, we love the Black Tribbles. Yeah. Um, so, shout out to Randy Green and um, uh, Bat Tribble and Spider Tribble. It is me again. Um, Mistress Horror Tribble. <laughs> that was my name. Anyway, I haven't used that for a while. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're so gorgeous. I love them. And uh, hopefully one day we'll do another podcast with them. It's just so far away. Mm. Although we've got Skype and now. The, but then the time difference. <sighs> you know what? If there was one thing I could have, if I had a superpower, it would be to make the world flat. Because then we'd all be on the same time zone, wouldn't we? Look at you. You're yawning. Sorry. Speaking of time zones. Oh, I was out late last night. <laughs> yeah, I won't ask. But um, get your costumes ready. Don't forget, you know, to keep safe. And certainly remember one thing, and that is to, when you are doing your Halloween costume, think about who you're playing. Yeah. Remember, racism is not okay. Appropriation, cultural appropriation is not good. It's not okay. Just don't do it. And otherwise, apart from that, enjoy yourselves. Mm. And, I don't know, I guess there's that festival or Comic-Con kind of saying cosplay is in consent, I guess. Yeah, that's it. Mm. Cosplay is not consent. No. Any any other things you want to talk about? No, I think for... we covered a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. In this podcast, I thought, oh, I wonder if there's many comic book artists that make music. Oh. And there's not that many. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> But there is one, well, one anyway, and I like his music. He is cool. It's Dev Hines. He's known as Blood Orange, formerly Lightspeed oh, Champion. I love Blood Orange as in Blood Orange. Yeah. Jim McKay. And, yeah. Oh, does he do comedy? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He does. Oh. He has, look at you. Um, in 2008, he did a, a self-titled comic book called I'm Asleep Dash Comics. <laughs> Photographs and illustrations. Uh, he did something called, it was to mark Falling Off the Lavender Bridge. Is that code <laughs> or something? Um, he's also done a book called Punk Fiction, an anthology of short stories, uh, including one called The KKK Took My Baby Away. That's actually um, <laughs> oh, that's a, a Ramon song. song. That's yeah. it. And uh, funds went to the Teenage Cancer Trust. Um, so look, yeah, no, he... Um, so there you go. He's done some comic stuff. Yeah. It's crazy. People surprise you. <laughs> I know. So enjoy <laughs> that awesome. song. The song is, in fact, it was you. In fact, it was you. In fact, it in was fact, you. It was you. It was you. <laughs> Thank you, Blood Orange. So yes, that's the only one I could find. Okay. But it's probably oh. more. It's just, yeah. you know. But that's like a... He's awesome. Yeah. That's a Hello. big name for me. Like 
Yeah, like, yeah, you, I was like, I mean, you like, almost oh fell God. off your chair. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> yeah. So, all right, run down again. Uh, you got Batwoman, it's your October book, yeah. but you're doing it in November. Just to <laughs> November 7th. Everyone. Yeah, just to keep everyone on their toes. And where again? So, we're at Hairs and Hyenas, mm-hmm. the amazing um, queer bookstore in Fitzroy. I always think it might be in Collingwood, but it's, no, it's, it's on the right. Over, it's, it's just on the over right. the, the yeah, border. Yeah. Come along. We start at 6.30 on the 7th. Um, and yeah, come meet some cool queer comic book readers. And I was going to talk about this novel. Oh, we didn't even <gasps> talk about the book. <laughs> no. Queer. We'll do that in another a one. Graphic history. Yeah. A concise, precise, and beautifully illustrated introduction. And that's Kieran Gillen, who, of course, is the Wicked and the Divine uh, writer, creator. It's by Meg John Barker, artwork by Julia Scheel. It's just amazing, doesn't mm. say enough. It is, uh, yeah, Queer Fairy 101, really. But it's so concise. It is so yeah. it is so detailed. And it's got pictures, everybody. Yeah. I've never seen Susan Sontag looking like that. Oh, I know. I, when I it's saw that, I was like, super oh. realism, really. It's like these beautiful black and white. A little bit like Daniel Close. And yeah. then a little bit like, I'm not sure, um... Um, a weekly newsprint. Yeah, like a comic strippy kind of... Cartoon strip. But it's all very serious and it looks at at some really interesting things. Some of the titles, every single page, every single page, there's a lot of pages in this, mm. um, has got a title and basically dissects and dis- you know uh, deconstructs everything and looking at queer meaning originally, uh, the meaning for that. Queer is hate speech, talking about Oscar Wilde and the term queer... And when it was used that in the 1890s, um, look, it goes, looks at the queer umbrella and uh, the queerer umbrella and being included and not being included. Uh, all these things, uh, queer fairy, I think, are coming up now because of same sex equality and the so-called gay, you know, the gay marriage um, concept debate idea. It has... It, Personally, it has left out a lot of people in the community and a lot of those people fall under that queer umbrella. So, hmm. Well, we uh, changed our, our name from LGBT mm. to queer because it just felt a bit more... Shorter to say. Shorter to <laughs> no, say, a like, bit more you know, inclusive. Yeah, but, that's, yeah, that's what they're getting at, I believe, in this book. Um, they look at, right back to um, Sigmund Freud and his fairies there, right back to um, Havelock Ellis, the early sexologist, Kinsey, of course, um, Evolution Not Revolution, Queer, as in Fuck You, that whole movement, the early gay rights movements, what we think about sex. Um, I mean, Sartre, the existentialist. Pick it up. Just go just run out. Hairs and Hyenas should have a have copies. Let's hope so. Yeah. You might need to talk to them. I will. I'll talk to Even Miley Cyrus is in there. Oh, because oh, she's um, sexually fluid, isn't oh, she? Yes, it goes yeah. into all of that. I'm up to the bit where we're talking about how to bring your kids up gay and stuff like that. Well, not actually saying that, but not like it's it's yeah. it's um, Eve Sedgwick, and she points out about things like what is uh, acceptable homosexuality mm. in um, in heteronormative binary, you know, gender conforming society, whereas homosexuality is the Conformity, the the conformed idea for hetero society. Yeah. So basically, being a gay male is conforming to heterosexuality's ideas of what is homosexual. Yes. Yeah. It blows your mind. It's that and it whole makes like sense. yeah. The the two gay guys on Modern Family. 
Yeah. That they're very like heteronormative. Yeah. Like, well, they want the chick kid. Yeah. They, want the they fit in that box that marriage. Hetero- heterosexual people are like, oh, you're just like us. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I call it but we're straight not, gay. We're not. Are I call we? It straight gay. We're not just like them. No. And why should we be? And no. it even looks into studying what is heteronormativity and studying heterosexuality because that itself is very um it gets that pass it mm. gives itself a pass but they don't know what they are yeah it's really interesting so i uh and it talks I might about get yeah one. race I might pick as well. a copy up this week yeah queer and feminism camille pagli is in there it's got bell hooks audrey lord they're all in there cisgenderism what that means i mean i could go on and i think i think it's a very good book so, if you are interested in that, certainly um, it's out through, uh, gosh, I, I was going to yeah. say it's out everywhere. It's not. But the publisher is um, Icon Books, yeah. based in the UK. Um, in very good bookstores. In very good bookstores. Yeah. Maybe you can go online and find mm. it too. But check it out. There's so much more I could say about it, but it's something you just have yeah. to read. And the illustrations are wonderful. So, it is possibly the best most interesting read this year, I have to say. I can see myself giving it as Christmas presents. It's a great thing to wear mm. on the tram. Wear mm. on the tram. Sorry, read on the tram. Like, <laughs> you can't. It's not a book you can hide like. behind. This is queer right yeah. there on the cover. Uh, and it also talks about, yeah, uh, conformity and, and bisexuality, the erasing of bisexuality as well. Oh, what is gender queer, trans studies? Yeah. Fashion. It's very comprehensive, isn't it? Very, very, yeah. Polynormativity and kink normativity. If, what are these things? This is what I'm really fascinated yeah. by. It's just amazing. So, yes, so if you like comics and you want to learn something about the community, well, queer a graphic history could be just for you. Meg John Barker and Julia Shield. Well done. Mm. It's out now, published this year. Okay. Any last requests, Hayden? Before we finish no, this off, let's do this again soon, though. This is fun. Yeah, yeah, we should get Andy Hawken yeah. in next Andy. time. Yeah, behind the mask, we owe him definitely. Yeah. And uh, all star, looking forward to that espresso yeah. coffee. Let's go next down and get time. my magic. Yeah, that's it. All right, look, thanks very much for coming in and talking to us. Thank Aiden you. Clem. Always a pleasure. Okay, and good luck with. Um, my October meeting in November. Oh, meeting October meeting November. Awesome. Yeah. This is Sci-Fi and Scream Undead with spoiler alert, everybody's queer. Talking about comics on Joy 94.9.
My name is Craig Parker. I'm. Pr- <laughs> Hi, this is Craig Parker. It's a privilege and a joy to be on Sci Fi and Squeam on Joy 94.9. Wonderful. You've done radio, I can tell. Hey, hey, hey. who hasn't I in New Zealand? Good. I always wanted to do that one. Those guys, you talk like that. <laughs> Listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.